So I went down there and I just asked him, I said, I said, what is the deal, dude? I said, I do not understand this. <clears throat> and uh, he said, he said these words, man, it's so funny how the Lord works. He goes, I'm addicted to Jesus. And I was like, wow. And in that moment, I said, you know what? I think that's how it's supposed to be. Because we're going to be addicted to something. This, this is my comeback story. This is Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery. And you're listening to The Comeback. We're back. Very excited to have my friend, my brother, Bobby Humphrey with us this morning. Um, the man that God used to make Good Landing become a reality. I've told the story on here, one of the earliest, I think maybe the second or third episode, we talked about the story of Good Landing, and I really don't know why I didn't have you on that episode. I guess I, I just... <laughs> got a little carried away. Just wanted to tell the story myself. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's really cool because, um, you know, you played such a, a huge um, part in my life and being able to walk into you know, God's plan for my life, you know, destiny, if I can, you know, say it that way, it's perfect will, however you want to say that, and to, um, just to be able to run with you, and, and, and especially whenever we first started, and, you know, I'll just never forget that, you know, all the big decisions that had to be made, and running over to your office next door, and processing that, and trying to figure it all out, were... Yeah, it was, it was nuts sometimes, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was, it was a little nuts. It was, it was, those were good days. Yep. Um, so it's really cool. So, um, you know, we're on the, the comeback, the podcast and, you know, this, this theme that we've just been on lately is, is telling stories, um, to inspire and to remind people that God is still doing what he's always been doing. He loves to redeem. He loves to bring, you know, some of the most broken lives and to pull them out of the ashes and make something so beautiful out of them. And there's a reason, I mean, you've been doing this ministry for a while in rescuing women out of human trafficking and, you know, helping people who are addicted in this heart for it and to love on people. And then, you know, I was just talking to, to Caleb Andrews the other day, the, the you know, our, our friend, the worship leader over at the House of Prayer at Newbridge as he's getting ready to transition to Africa. But he was just talking about, you know, years ago praying that God would raise up a treatment center that would be connected to the House of Prayer and have the DNA. And so here we are. Um, you know, just, I mean, just talk to us a little bit about that, your story, and then I may interject and ask some questions. Okay. Thanks, Trey. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, you know, um, with Trey and, you know, there was somebody that I knew, you know, wanted to jump off a cliff with me and it was, (laughs) I found the right guy, you know, getting good landing started. But, um, anyway, I just wanted just to mention my past real quick, uh, habitual violator, DUI, um, cocaine addict, all that stuff. And just, just brokenness in my life. And it was, you know, I look back on it and I'm just thankful, just very thankful that God has, you know, delivered me out of that lifestyle. Um, he did it in a, in a number of different ways. And, um, so <clears throat> I guess the, you know, the starting point for me would be, you know, going to church and, and thinking I knew who God was and I knew what church was about and all that kind of thing. And I really didn't have a clue. I thought I knew what it was. It was going to church, trying to be a good dude and not do all the stuff that I was doing. Mm-hmm. That's what I, you know, thought it was, right. Christianity. 
And I tried to do that for a while, but I was like, man, this is horrible. Why would anybody want to do this? Yeah. I was like, there is no satisfaction in this whatsoever. But I thought that's what it was. So that's what I did, you know, and tried to do that for years, but ended up relapsing a number of times, just trying to just do the right thing, yeah. you know. And it was just really, really frustrating for me because I just couldn't figure out, first of all, you know, I looked at other guys in the church and I was like, why would they want to do this with their lives? Because what I knew was horrible. It was, I mean, I was bored out of my mind. It was just a life that I didn't want to live because Mm -hmm. the way I'm wired, man, I got to have something happening. I got to have something, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, it doesn't matter. But I've got to have something that's like doing something on the inside. I'm looking for satisfaction, just like we all are. Yeah. We cannot turn that thing off. Yeah. That thing is something that God has put on the inside of us. And He's just wired us that way that we want to be satisfied. And I found out later that He was the one that was going to satisfy that craving I had on the inside. So <clears throat> I can remember... I remember driving on 285 one day and I was I was just considering my life. I had like, you know, I had the good job. Mm-hmm. I had the wife, I had the kids. I had the house with the picket fence and I was like, why am I so stinking miserable? Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling like I'm feeling I have everything that America says will make you happy? And I was absolutely I mean, it was I I, mean, I don't even I don't even know what the words are, but it was, it was terrible. Mm. I was like, this can't be all there is. Well. This can't be all there is. So, you know, through a couple, because I would go, I mean, I would go a year, year and a half, and then I would relapse, mm. and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out why I would, why I did that. But the Lord started doing some stuff, and I remember, I remember one time, you know, I was seeking the Lord, just trying to figure things out. Cause I don't, I mean, I didn't want to relapse. I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had, you know, a wife, two kids. I remember one time that Leanne left with my, with my daughter, who was, uh, who was younger, and my son. I think he was three years old. So I was at home, and the way the addictive mind thinks, it's like, I've got opportunity. Mm-hmm. It was like I, I'd been clean for like a year. <clears throat> and uh, I remember thinking about that and m- remember coming through that weekend not using and not doing the things, the things that I would normally do. I remember coming through that weekend and I was like, something's changed. Something's different. Something's changed in my heart because I did not take the opportunity because that's the way I would, I would always do it, you know. There, there, there was a little window of opportunity I'm figuring that out. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, you know, a couple of things happened. Kept on, you know, seeking the Lord. And then uh, Billy Humphrey, my brother, he went out to uh, Kansas City to get trained up yeah. to be the director of the House of Prayer. So he goes out there and he comes back, starts the House of Prayer. And about six months in, he says, he calls me and says, hey, bro, I got this guy that needs a place to stay. I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, yeah, I'll probably stay there for a couple months. You know, I was like, okay, cool. You know, and I was thinking, and at that time I was like, woo, this is like prophetic singer guy. 
is coming to stay with me. This ought to be interesting. So the first thing that happened, he he comes and he, you know, back then it was MapQuest and he left off. He left one page with MapQuest. And so he was at like three miles from my house at 1.30 in the morning looking for me. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, yeah, yeah, we don't live by the Dairy Queen in Lawrenceville, bro, but I can tell you how to get here. <clears throat> and uh, his name was Caleb Andrews. He was full-time. He came on to be full-time staff uh, at the House of Prayers, getting ready to be a missionary to, to Africa, getting ready to leave. But he came to live with me, and... Uh, I just sat there and I, and I watched this guy because he was going to the house of prayer. His hours were 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I mean, he would go in there, he'd like read his Bible, do a worship set, run the sound, take out the trash. Yeah. And I was like, this cat is going to burn out in a heartbeat. I was like, there's no way he can keep this up. And I'd see him every now and then. He's like, what's up, brother? You know, he'd be coming in. Yeah, he wasn't getting paid to do this. He was like choosing to do this with his life. 20-year-old guy came with nothing to Atlanta. So I watched him and uh, just kept watching him and just, you know, was thinking he was just going to burn out. And then one morning, I'm laying in bed. It's like 7 o'clock. The house of prayer wasn't, was only going Monday through Friday at that time. And he's down there worshiping the Lord. I'm like, what is this guy doing? It's like, this is his day off. So I'm thinking to myself, you don't have to do this today, man. You're not working. I mean, who goes and does their job for fun on Saturday? Mm-hmm. Nobody, you know? So I went down there and I just asked him, I said, I said, what is the deal, dude? I said, I do not understand this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, he, said, he said these words, man. It's so funny how the Lord works. He goes, I'm addicted to Jesus. And I was like, wow. And in that moment, I said, you know what? I think that's how it's supposed to be because we're going to be addicted to something, you know? So in the grace of God in that, you know, at that time, I was like, well, God is not a respecter of persons. I am going to go and see what the deal is. So this is what I did. I started going to the prayer room at four o'clock in the morning. I'd get, I'd wake up at three leave my house at 3.30. It's when it was still on Indian Trail. Mm-hmm. And I'd get there at 4, and I'd stay there 4 to 6. I was like, I'm going until something changes. I'm, something's going to change. You know, I'm just going to keep going because I was like, this is, I don't understand. You know, and I wanted to understand. I wanted to understand. Basically, he was provoking me. Caleb was provoking me to jealousy with what his relationship with God was that I didn't have. Yeah. <clears throat> so I kept, you know, so I started going. And it was, it was really weak. I mean, it was. I mean, I was keeping my same schedule. I was going to bed at the same time. I was going to work right after. I would stay there till six o'clock. I mean, I'd be falling asleep. I mean, it was bad. I mean, like, where am I? Wake up and just you know, drooling on my Bible, and and just you know, all kind of yeah. stuff. Like it was so weak. <clears throat> so, I think it was about two weeks in. I'm sitting there, and I just hear the voice of the Lord. And he just, he spoke the words. He's, he just told me he loved me. It's like, I love you, Bobby. And he said it over and over and over. And it just was, it was just hitting my heart, man. And I just, I mean, I just started, I started crying, man. I mean, I was just crying like a little baby. It was probably, 
it was probably 45 minutes, man. I was just crying. And I was like, man, God loves me, man. God really loves me. He's like, because one of the biggest things for me was receiving his forgiveness and forgiving myself. Because, you know, when we're in addiction, man, we do a lot of stupid stuff, you know? And it's like that he was the God that he said he was in the scriptures, that he forgave all of my sins. And I started believing it. I started believing that. And I, then he started rearranging my heart. I kept going to the house of prayer. He started rearranging everything. Man, I was just crying before him. I remember somebody praying for me one time. It's like, in heaven, you're known as the weeping giant because I would cry all the time. But he was just, he was redoing my heart, yeah. you know, during that time. And I was really seeing him as a father. Yeah. I was really seeing him for who he was, not who I thought he was, yeah. you know. And then... You know, I just, there was a time where I just wanted to, like, do the house prayer. I was like, all right, I'm like, I finally found where I belong, you know, in his presence. You know, I was like, I finally found it. I belong in his presence. I belong with him. I belong in this intimate relationship. <clears throat> but he, has other, he had other plans, you know. So, I, you know, I kept going. I'd say, I'd say for seven years, probably about seven years, I went, you know, as a family member of the house prayer, went, you know, 10 hours a week. Mm. And he just, you know, he rearranged everything. And, um, but I think the, 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 the greatest thing that, that I learned about God was his love and his mercy and his kindness and just all these characteristics of who he is. I was able to walk into sonship. And then I was able to walk into the bride of Christ, you know, these identities that he has for us. And that's the, you know, that's the thing that moves me today. Because I've got, you know, I mean, he, he moves me to tears today. I've been clean for 18 years. Wow. But it's just his goodness and his kindness that leads me to the place of just understanding who he is and just, and just loving him back because... Here's the thing. It's like we can't love God, the first and greatest commandment, unless we understand his love for us first. It's impossible. And that's what I tell everybody. You know, it's coming to to Christ or wanting to learn about God. It's like dive into the love that God has for you. That's the foundation of your Christianity. Without that, we don't have anything. You know, we just don't. And then, you know, over the years, there's been a lot of different... A lot of different things happening and just, you know, as, as you live for God, you, you realize this. It's like, man, there is no more exhilarating, fascinating, better way to live. And he satisfies everything that we go after because we want to be satisfied. Yeah. And, you know, I don't blame the guys that go after drugs because they're trying to fill that void. They just don't understand that God's the one that's going to, you know, fill that void. That's right. So... You know, there's all kinds of different, you know, adventures he has for us, you yeah. know. And just, you know, the one with Good Landing with you, Trey, it's just like, who knew? I mean, all we're doing is we're just, we're just loving Jesus and we're just, you know, going down the path. And it's like, here, I got this for you. Yeah. And it's like, and we just say yes. And then we go on another adventure and it's awesome. And it's like, it's challenging and it's fun and it's exciting and mm-hmm. it's, you know, all the things that he has for our lives. So. Yeah. 
That's huge. You know, you talk about the adventures, and, and, I, and I really, you know, don't, I don't know anybody that understands kingdom, and, you know, you're a successful business owner. Um, you've done, you know, some incredible stuff, and, um, you know, just h- help understand, because th- this is the thing, right? So when, when, I, when I'm talking with people that, you know, God is getting ready, you know, when somebody's getting clean, and you're reminding them, like, hey, God's saving you not just so that you can go be this selfish person. Like, he's going to give you this life that's going to be, you know, typically better than you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And then, like, is, is somebody now, is, is God's doing that and raising them up leaders? Like, talk about just your understanding of, like, what God's put in your lap and what that looks like for funding kingdom and all that stuff. Yeah, so <clears throat> I believe this, you know, everyone or a lot of people want to know what their calling is. Mm-hmm you know, or what their purpose, people call it different things, but that gets birthed out of the place of intimacy. Yeah. There's no other place that, that gets birthed, you know, it's out of the, you know, everybody wants to be like, I want to go do this. I want to go do that. I want to go do that. It's like, go sit before the Lord yeah. and he'll direct your path, you know, cause he has plans for our life, but we don't know what they are until we get close to him. Right. You know, and there's so many people running around that are trying to do this and that. And it's like, they don't know who Jesus is. Yeah. You know, they're trying to love their neighbor before they understand the love of God. Yeah. You can't do it. So I think for me, it was just, it was just something, you know, as far as funding the kingdom, he gave me a vision one, you know, one time when Billy was in, uh, when he was in Kansas city and, you know, I had a sledgehammer in my hand and I was breaking up concrete at the house of prayer. And he spoke to me and said, you're going to labor at work to build the house of prayer. And I was like, Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I don't know what that means, but I'll say yes to it. And then he just showed me and just, you know, this is what I want you to do. And then, you know, he gave me little steps to take along the way just to build my faith as far as trusting him with finances and stuff. And then, hey, you start putting your, you know, you start putting your treasure in his kingdom. Yeah. Your heart follows. Right. You know, so your heart just follows that. And it's like, so now when he, if he increases what we're doing financially, my heart's already there. Yeah. He's already got me. It's like, we're building the kingdom. It's like, what are you investing in these days? The kingdom of God. Yeah. Because that's an investment that's never going to run dry. That's right. Yeah. It's going to have some awesome return. So that's why, you know, we do what we do and just, you know get guys, you know, good landing and stuff like that, doing the same thing. It's yeah. like, that's, you know, I want to have influence in that way Yeah. to people, you know, Christian business owners. Hey, man, give it to God. Yeah. Give it to them. So. That's a big deal. It's huge. And I, I don't know anybody that challenges me like you do and just seeing where, you know, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to be able to live it out um, and, and it to, to, to look, um, you know, like real kingdom and, and to live that way. So... I appreciate your example. I do. It's huge. So I, I, I have been just blown away this morning. I mean, you've hit on so many things, the, you know, intimacy, you know, fueling mission and, and, and trying to just get people off of, you know, what am I supposed to do? Is it supposed to be this, it's supposed to be this, it's supposed to be this, or whatever. And so you have all these people who are running around in early recovery, right? So you remove the drugs. They realize, oh, my gosh, I've just wasted my life. Okay. Yeah. Now I've got to go do something. And you can sit down. I mean, the majority of people are talented, 
they're cross-functional. I mean, you can sit down with somebody who's got some intellect and like, oh, man, maybe you should be a doctor. Maybe you should be a lawyer. Maybe you should start yeah. your own company or whatever. And there's 8 million like good ideas, but somewhere in the, in the middle of that is God's best. And hitting on the fact of that needs to flow from the place of intimacy, you know, and kind right. of in, this, in the same way that you were talking about where, you know, God just rewired your heart. It just brought me back to my early days. And I remember somebody gave me Mike Bickle's Mary of Bethany intimacy mm-hmm. CDs. Yeah. Then just wrecked me. Yeah. And just staying there, like, just in, in the way that I typically respond to the Lord's presence is I just begin to weep. And so just, just it's just so cool being able to hear your story and reminding and coming back to these fundamental truths because I still think... And I remember Billy said this early on in the year, and he said, like whenever God was kind of taking them back to this this intimacy place, this Mary Bethany, is that now that, you know, it's like we got it for a season, but now we can be running 100 miles an hour, and we know how to use the intimacy language, but we're actually just in our own strength. Right. And, right. you know, and I, and I don't know about I me, mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, the way that you're wired just to accomplish and do and stuff like that. I've always got to remind myself of like, hey, like, dude, you, you can't, you know, it's it's not about your own strength and you trying to conquer the world and trying to pull off of there. But um, anyway, it, it just was just so much good core central teaching to people early on as they're trying to figure out, okay, how do I turn my will and my life over to God? Like, first of all, why don't you get to know him? Right. It's a big deal. Yeah. I remember we, we had a conversation. I remember when Billy was doing that teaching mm-hmm. and... I remember us talking. It's like uh, we need to like sit before the Lord, dude. Yeah, you know. And there's times, and you know, I think everybody, you know, has those seasons. It's like we have to reset. Yeah, you know, and we just do. You know, there, I don't know anybody that's like has a like a really, you know, you know, close relationship with God that doesn't reset. Yeah, you know, we we hear the pastors all the time. They talk about doing it and stuff, but you know, at the end of the day. We're going to stand before Jesus right. at the end of our lives. That day is coming for each and every one of us. So how are we living our lives looking at that day? Because when I stand before him, I want him to say, well done. Yeah. And I just want him to be pleased yeah. with how I've loved him and how I've loved people yeah. and what I've done with the gift things that he's given me yeah. and the abilities that he's given me. So, you know, I keep my eyes you know, fixed on him, knowing I'm going there. Yeah. And that's that's really helpful and, you know, helps you helps navigate your life, you know, and what you do with, you know, whatever, with your time, with your finances, all that kind of stuff. Cause I don't know about you, but I want to see when when I when I show up, I want to see a sea of people behind me. Yeah. That I've affected for the kingdom of God. That's right. That's the I mean that's because we're doing it for him. Yeah. Because it's the reward of his suffering. That's right. You know, so that's a real, like, really something that I consider when I make yeah. decisions about stuff. No, that's good. I mean, because that, that is, that, I mean, that, that's, once we lose that, right? I mean, because if we don't, you know, b- begin with the end in mind and we don't have vision to realize that's a real day. Mm-hmm. And it, it's yeah. not, you know, this, you know, the way the world, this little weak baby, like, you'll stand before the Revelation 1 God and give an account and... You know, and, 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 and when I get out of that place, like, you know, the selfishness and, the, you know, all those other things that can come in and just jack everything up. But, 
you know, just to love him with a sincere heart and to do good business and to have integrity and all of that and to, you know, just make sure that we're, you know, just even being here with you on the podcast this morning. I mean, we're kind of doing this so that people can hear it, but just what it's doing, it's recentering me on, you know, all these other things that can be going on, like don't lose focus of the fact that, that we live in light of that day. So I don't know, man. It's just been awesome. I wish I could, you know, we had two more hours to do this. Is there any kind of final thoughts that, that you just want to leave? And I mean, we'll obviously do this again. Yeah. Um, you know, to anyone listening, I would say just give it all to Jesus. Yeah. You know, give give him everything. Give him more of your time, more of, you know, whatever's valuable to you. Just give it to him. And, you know, at the end, you won't be disappointed. We, none of us will be disappointed if we give him more Yeah. now, you know, and, you know, we, we can all give him more, Yeah. you know, but there will be no disappointment in that day when we stand before him. If we just, if we give him everything. Yeah. So, Amen. That's it. Love you, man. Love you, brother. So good. God bless you. We'll do it again. All right, man. All right. Bless you guys. See y'all next week. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call. It's 770-570-7422.